This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 394. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on this episode we continue a run of summer series action for you. We're in the eights. This is the second episode of the week so it's 1988. Two movie choices lay ahead of my guest hosts who are joining me all week. And there's only one space. That one space taking that title to the coveted Thunderdome next year. Ooh, it's going to be interesting. And I would argue the two movies here, it's anyone's game. It is anyone's game, ladies and gents. And we'll see how well you did on the Facebook group page in the poll, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast if you want to get involved with any of those as we roll our way through this season. Now, this is the second of six planned episodes dropping this week from Under the Stairs. And they started yesterday with 1978, today 1988, tomorrow 1998. On Thursday you'll be getting these Shudder and Go episodes, so keep your eyes peeled on the Facebook group page, I've already mentioned what the URL is, but keep your eyes peeled on it for Thursday morning, because you'll get a window to vote on a Shudder title which I'll then watch on Thursday night and review the same night as well, so it's straight from the milky teat. And then on Friday you're getting two. 2008 Saturday is your day off before Sunday 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 brings you an adult video assortment see that's this is how we do it this is how we do it yep that's right let's get into this shall we ladies and gentlemen welcome to summer series episode welcome to the podcast under the stairs most importantly welcome to 1988 you see that crap all that horror crap things coming out of crates and eating people dead people coming back to life People turning into weeds, for Christ's sake. Well, yes, I did, but I... Well, you want them reading that stuff? Well, no, but... All right, then. I took care of it. That's why God made fathers, babe. That's why God made fathers. But I have proof, and... Tonight, I'm going to show you something. You are mine! You are mine! Every humiliation which stood in his way could be swept aside by the simple act of annihilation. Murder. Lick my plate, you Murder. Lick my plate, dog I believe in the life becomes as promised to us by our Lord Jesus Christ! It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Boy! 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 What do you want? This simple act of annihilation. Wolfman's got Mars! Most of all, fuck you! Fuck you, asshole. That's fucking crazy, man. Dad, hey, Dad, where the hell is Mars, bro? Goddamn motherfucker got blood all over my best clown suit. <laughs> You stupid bitch, you filthy slut! Don't you fuck with me! Most of all, fuck you! Because I cut up his legs. And his arm. And his head. 
Welcome back, ladies and gents. Second episode of the week, rolling into that 1988. Oh, it's going to get interesting. Now, let's, I say it's going to get interesting. I'm kind of half smiling, but I don't want to stress here, right? This is, like, every now and again, I like the listeners to peek behind the curtain. We have two movies to discuss, which I'm excited to do because we need to do it. Um, but let's, let's kind of, let's be honest here. The 78 list be- like started with like eight movies, which JP, who's not here to kind of parse out some of this, like could not explain to me in any way, shape, or form why we had eight movies on the list. There's only six hosts, right? Like so, like two could have instantly been chopped off, like straight away, and then even then at six, like unless we were all like say no 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 I, it has to be this movie or none other that makes zero sense to me like absolutely zero sense and what the irony of this is that after the back and forth we've ended up with two this is the least amount of movies out of all of them so fucking how the like round the houses to, to get to where we ultimately are now 1988 oh. we'll see us squaring off Hellraiser 2 Hellbound and Child's Play. Now this might seem like Child's Play, but we're going to see where we land on this one. And to recap where we are, um, I mean, like, 1988 ain't no slouch. We put through on that episode, The Blob, which is up there with our like previous day's episode. is one of those remakes where you're just like, this is just a pure fucking good. I'm loving what we're doing here. I am happy. Uh, we also put through Pumpkinhead, which was the controversial pick at the time. I stand by that. I fucking love Pumpkinhead. <laughs> like, and I'm not even American, and I love Pumpkinhead. Um, but there was some grumblings, some complaints, some people that weren't happy that we're going to have to pacify. Uh, as we sit down and discuss these movies, joining me on this episode, as they are all week. Firstly, uh, Duncan 2 is here, and we have confirmed, still a prick. Um, JP, once again, sadly, is not here on this episode due to other matters that have arisen. He has submitted through his voting, though, and I will be revealing where he scored the movies at the end of the episode. But let's get to the people that are here, and oh by God, to have an important trio. That's right, not trio, trio with me here today. Joining me first is the phenomenally talented and man that I will one day have sex with, Mr. Watson. How's it going? I unmuted myself so fast. <laughs> Pick me, me, me. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. How are you doing? How are you feeling? You, are you, are you, uh, do you, do you have a strong feeling on 1988? Well, when we did that original list, when we were choosing from all those, I, I gave them all a watch and I feel as though the proper two yeah. are, are representing, are, are here representing the year. Um, they're both, you know, you know, bigger movies in in well-known franchises that, uh, you know, I, I think uh, pe- people tend to like. I think you know, Child's Play is iconic in its way, and uh, I mean, obviously, it was the you know, and then Hellraiser two, you know, a lot of people even like it more than the original. So this is a good uh, little battle royale going on here. Love it, love it. Joining myself and Mister Watson um, on his first run on the summer series. Man yeah. that I would ask to hold the camera while me and Watson have sex. That's right, you're in the room, David. Uh, is the phenomenal David Garrett Jr. How's it going? It's going good, and I'll take that. <laughs> I will burn you a copy as well. Uh, same oh, question goodness. to you. Anything, like, obviously not giving away anything. Do we have a strong view on 1988? Yeah, it's a kind of interesting. I didn't even necessarily think about it, but there is a lot of franchise movies yeah. here yeah. and i mean even some of the ones that we had to trim off of here i was looking back at i was like oh i guess even the smaller franchises kind of getting thrown into the mix here but i do agree i think the the top two are the ones that we selected of what was remaining nice and final person and uh, that's joining me here woman that i would have slept with if she hadn't gotten married she put a 
<laughs> God damn it, Jamie. You, you were right. married before I did. Uh-oh. This is not a blame game here, Jamie. <laughs> 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 not, not a blame game here. What are we doing here? Uh, Jamie, how are you feeling? Same question to you. Are, are we thinking uh, that we have this in the bag for 1988? Or do you think that ultimately what rose to the top was the best of a bad bunch? Well, you know what's funny is I've been, as you guys were talking, I was trying to think of what was narrowed down mm. the, origi- the original you know, list. <laughs> yeah, don't try I, and go back through that message list because yeah, tons I know, of we tried I didn't a lot. Uh, I didn't even attempt that. And then I was just like, I have no idea what was on that list. Because you know, you know, you know me. I, mm-hmm. I completely black out. Like, <laughs> Jamie gets her pick and then could I, not give a fuck about anything. Yeah, like I, I dip in, I go here, here, here. I'm out until, the, <laughs> so, you know, ping me when you need me. But, uh, and I was trying really hard to think of what the other ones were. I have no idea. So I'm going to say, yes, we did the right thing. <laughs> I like the fact, well, I, I think had we not, there's a very good chance you would have come in here and said, listen, what the fuck are we doing here? Um, so, Night of the Demon was in the list and probably would have been the best chance of making an impact, but the original list that that 88 had, fucking strap in for this, Friday 7, Child's Play, Brain Damage, Phantasm 2, Hellraiser 2, and Night of the Demon. Okay, um, no, this is uh, this is clear in a way the the two best options. I, I think. like this. It was JP who's not here to defend himself again, who was really like, I'm gonna struggle to pick between these movies, and I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna struggle here. I, 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 I mean, of, but you know, I don't even like Night of the Demons. Yeah. Like, I'm one of the four people on Earth that don't. Like I like that movie, I like but... the I like the sequel more than I like the original. If I'm honest, Jamie. So I do too. See? I just said that on a show a little while back. I really, really enjoy the sequel, and I think it's a whole lot of fun. I like the beginning of the first one, and then you Same, know, it, yeah. Des- yeah. it descends into like Scooby Doo chases through this yep. house, and I honestly get bored. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, now that we're all like happy. Let's get into discussing the two movies that we have here. And as noted, uh, both important installments in their aforementioned franchises. Some would argue that Child's Play is the best that franchise gets. Um, Difficult to argue against that, except some of the sequels do have totally fucking rad moments. And number two is one of the angriest movies ever made. Um, (laughs) And Hellraiser 2 is a movie that shouldn't fucking work at all. Like We're going off-piste here. Like we're we're we are going away from the book. We're expanding the universe. We're adding something called Leviathan. What we're doing here, guys, is what I'm asking. Uh, and surprisingly, fucking turns in a, a quality entry. So let's let's get into this. Let's start with Child's Play. It's directed by Tom Holland, based on the story by Don Mancini, John Lafia, and Tom Holland. Synopsis here, a single mother gives her son a much sought after doll for his birthday only to discover that it's possessed by the soul of a serial killer. We've all been there, especially on the run up to Christmas. Can I get a high five, anyone? Um, The cast here, we have (laughs) Catherine Hicks, Chris Sarandon, um, Alex Vincent, Brad Dourif, Tommy Swerlow, Jack Colvin, and some other folks are in here. Some trivia for all y'all out there. Uh, Chucky's full name... Charles Lee Ray is derived from the names of notorious serial killers Charles Manson, who factually wasn't a serial killer, but we'll let them off with that. Lee Harvey Oswald, who was also not a serial killer, he was the assassin, he was the assassin of John F. Kennedy, and James Earl Ray, assassin of Martin Luther King, who was also not a serial killer. So someone needs to. Um, oh no, sorry, it's notorious killers. It's not notorious serial killers. Someone needs to correct Duncan. Go back five minutes, have a word with me before I hit record and say, don't read that fact. Don't read that fact because you'll read it wrong. Uh, Catherine Hicks, who <laughs> plays Karen, and Kevin Yeager, who is Chucky's creator, met on set and were married later that year. It's a nice story there. Um, the original working title for this film was Batteries Not Included, before it became known that Steven Spielberg was also making a movie with the same title. It was then changed to Blood Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Which just sounds like the name like girls give each other when they're on their period at the same time. Oh no, I hate myself. I, I hate myself. thank you for that. I that made my day. Yeah, sorry, I hate myself. Right that now. made my I'm, day. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get my coat. Um, uh, before settling on child's play, uh, yeah, Barry's not included. Not a great name for a horror movie. Just saying. 
just him. The original plot idea was to have a lifelike good guy doll that had blood and latex skin. If the kids tore at the latex skin, they could go out and buy the official good guy, good guy bandages in the Blood Brother Pact. Andy's cut on uh, his own hand was mixed with the blood of Chucky's, thus causing him to come alive and become human. That sounds convoluted and I'm glad they didn't do it. Uh, I'll kick us off here. Child's Play is a fucking great movie. Still is a great movie. Yes, there's a whole part of the internet that's like, you would just kick the doll really hard and it, you know, it, would, it would fly through a window or something would happen and the movie would be over. Okay then. Right, thanks for trying to spoil a movie that didn't ask for your input, casual viewer. Um, what I love about it is it spends like an inordinate amount of time not really showing the doll doing things uh, and that kind of Jaws effect of we've got the goods here like maybe they're not working reliably but we have the goods here less is more and then there's that tipping point uh, specifically the fire scene which I love which once again features in the intro track uh, you stupid bitch like he goes off and starts going crazy um and at that point, you're like, oh, we are. <laughs> we are in for something special. And from that point, the movie just ramps things up. There is an insinuation early in the movie that this might all be from the mind of a troubled child. And, like, having went through this movie with people that have never seen it before, it's difficult to have that first viewing experience again because Chucky is just so part of the kind of popular culture now that you can, like everyone knows the doll's alive right so it's difficult but back in the day you didn't and that was kind of cool it's an element that sadly time has slowly eroded away that being said it doesn't hurt the movie at all because you are now as the viewer waiting for the moment the doll's gonna kill uh where did i get to see it and i love the fact that it tempers that as well it's all kind of weirdly grounded in what the doll can do and can't do in the death scenes in this movie they become a bit more silly as the franchise spans out and we'll not go back into that listen to what the first five episodes of podcast under the stairs to hear my rage spill out in ways i did not know was possible when we get to bride and seed two movies that i fucking hate but and this point here, I think they get the balance really, really well of showing it and not showing it. It's shot fucking brilliant. Like, there's a like really, really good use of camera angles at child height, which I think is just brilliant. Uh, the use of the shadows, also great in here. The shadows as in on screen and not the backup band that play guitars. Um, and it's all done really, really, really well. I love the score about this one. And then you add in here Catherine Hicks, who's fucking awesome in this movie. And then... If all that wasn't great, which it is, you know Brad Dourif. Brad Dourif voices Chucky. Brad Dourif could do anything. He literally can do anything, and I would be happy to see it happen. But he is phenomenal as um, his interpretation of Jack Nicholson. That's his impression. He's fucking awesome at it. Uh, yeah, I mean, this to me is one of those movies that, on paper, should be cheesy as fuck. <laughs> like, it shouldn't work. It gets released in a, a year where horror is essentially heading that way. Anyway, it's all becoming a bit camp and a bit twee. And it managed to get one last hurrah and, yeah, weirdly start another franchise that would continue on and still is continuing on as of now with remakes and television series and, and all the rest. Uh, yeah, maybe one of the last... Out with something like Leprechaun, which doesn't have the same status, maybe... Or, yeah, maybe one of the last great, like, horror icons of the kind of supernatural realm. You know, something that's, a, you know, a, like an a indestructible killing machine. Um, it's one of the last greats, I think, the decade produced. Um, and one that still exists. Like, Chucky, like, you mentioned Chucky to anyone, the chances are they picture the stabby stabby doll. Which, I mean, that's testament to, to, to how well it was received. Uh, like I say, there are sequels, some of them are good, some of them are awful, um, and I will leave it to you, the viewers and listeners out there, to go and do your own homework and decide what's what. But yeah, like, Child's Play's fucking great. I love the fact it's on this list. Um, I will not do what I did on the previous episode, though, where I'm like, but is it the bit? No, I'm not doing that. We'll wait till the end <laughs> of the episode to bring that one out. Uh, but I will turn first to Jamie. 
Uh, Jamie, thoughts on Child's Play? Child's Play is great. Um, but uh, real quick, because <laughs> you know me. Oh, yeah. You get When I start talking, you get a story that has nothing to do with anything, but you're going to get it anyway. I love it. That's I love, what I do. Yeah, I want it. I'll give me this. So I actually had blood sisters when I was growing up, and it had nothing to do with periods. But this, you made me think about this when you said that. Uh, and I'm about to age myself too because I was a big fan of Grizzly Adams. Oh yeah. Back in the back in the seventies. And <laughs> my friends and I decided and there is a, a scene in the opening of that show, like in the intro where he is blood he becomes blood brothers with mm -hmm. a, a Native American. And my friends and I were like, that's the coolest thing ever. We we have to be blood sisters, but we didn't want to cut ourselves because that would hurt. So what we did was we each of us picked a scab <laughs> and then rubbed our <laughs> then rubbed our body parts together because <laughs> that was the most accessible thing to do and oh my god how do we all, how did the child children of the 70s not all have horrible blood diseases <laughs> like, that is not a thing that anyone would recommend doing now but <laughs> but back then we we're like yeah Anyway, um, uh, that's not where I thought the story was going. I thought you were gonna say like we all stole those like small like condiment ketchup like things and then like put them in the line and rubbed our ketchup hands together. Um, oh no, there was actual there blood, was blood involved. Yes, there, 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 there shall there shall be blood. I love it. <laughs> but uh, okay, as far as child child's play is concerned, I have always thought it was. It's remarkable that Don Mancini has stayed with this franchise yeah. the entire <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. That's a very rare thing. And he has uh, has his prints all over it and continues to do so to this day. And I love that. I, I love his dedication to it. And there are, uh, you could just say, oh, it's a movie about a, you know, a killer doll. That's nothing. And you could just throw it aside. But there are some really, I think, pivotal moments in this film when Andy is taken into custody. Yeah. That he is a tiny little boy and, um, and he is being accused of murder and his pleas like it just makes me I, I just feel so bad for him and i think that he was a, actually a a really good actor when he was little now he's you know he's all right but for a child <laughs> for a child actor i always thought that was really impressive the way that he was able to sell uh, you know, he's he's lonely. No one will believe him. You know, not only do they not believe that his doll is talking to him, but now they think he's a murderer. Mm -hmm. Like it, that that's heavy. You know, and then you have the scene where he gets on the bus and he goes to visit the he goes to the voodoo house. And you're like, oh, my God, this is a six year old child. <laughs> it was just, you know, going through the streets of Chicago on a bus. <laughs> like, like that's terrifying on a whole other level. And then that, that one of my favorite scenes is where Catherine Hicks is trying to, like, she flips him over and she's looking for the batteries yeah. and he just whips his head around. And she that scream that she lets out, I just think is so realistic. I kind of always wondered if she knew that was going to happen <laughs> you know, or if they were just fucking with her because it just seems so natural because she just like screams and then drops it, which is, you know, what you would do. And then he just he does that roll under the couch, which, you know, and I don't think it's scary. Yeah, but uh, like I'm never afraid of it, but I do think it's incredibly entertaining. I think it's really well done. Uh, I also love Chris Sarandon. Yes, uh, and Brad Dourif just goes without saying. That's another part. His dedication to this franchise is not only his, but now his daughters. Yeah, like that. That is phenomenal. I just they're like a family, and I love that. I love it so much, and it is incredibly influential and important. I don't. Even if you don't like it, you cannot deny the imprint that this franchise has had on popular culture. And then when it came out, you know, there were the My Buddy dolls. Mm -hmm. um, that was very real nightmare stuff for kids at the time who had those dolls, you know. And then the, we had just gone through the whole, a few years earlier, the whole Cabbage Patch Kid thing mm -hmm. where, uh, you know, mothers were beating each other beating each other up in stores over these dolls <laughs> and so it kind of it pulls just enough from real life to to make you go hmm, what if that did happen mm -hmm. 
you know, and I kind of like that. And I don't think all the sequels are great, but I do really enjoy the franchise on the whole. And I think that this one is easily, to me, it is still the best one of yeah. all of them, even though I do have, uh, I do have a lot of love for cult, but this one is, I think still the best in the franchise. And it, 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 I think it holds up really well. Like, I think if you watch it now, it's, you don't feel like you're watching a movie that is as old as it is, or at least I don't. I think it, it you know, stands up. Nice. Handing it across to Mr. Watson. So one of my favorite French movies starring a young uh, Marion Cotillard is called Jeux d'Enfant, which translates to Child's Play. Uh, it's a morbid romance movie, though. No dolls except for uh, her. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, you know, I remember seeing this movie when I was four years old, when this movie would have been brand new, and it left a mark. I, I, I can remember that. I don't know that any killer doll horror movies of this era was doing what this movie was doing at that time. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, along with the fact that, you know, this film gives us the icon that is Chucky, this is a classic of the genre. Uh, that said, this is the one film on the list that I was most afraid to watch again. Uh, and here, you know, it, it, look, uh, it's been about 15 years since I last saw this. Mm -hmm. And I've long been afraid that it wouldn't hold up, especially since I watched the Cinema Sins episode of this that makes far too many great points about how flawed this script <laughs> yeah. truly is and i mean like look you have to like while sometimes i can refute the so-called mistakes that particular youtube show points out uh because sometimes like i remember there it was their episode on cabin in the woods where i was like yeah you guys aren't getting it i'm even friends with one of the one of the writers of, of that show i mean they, i think they're at like 10 more than 10 million subs now on youtube mm -hmm. they're doing great but uh there i could only argue against precious few here in child's play now, don't get this twisted. I ain't hating. I got love for this movie. And I did find that there were moments when I was able to tap into what made it scary to me as a child. Like, you ever do that? My son and I were talking last night. And uh, I think we're just listening to, to music while I was kind of writing up notes for the show today. And I think I, I listened to Uptown Girl by Billy Joel. And uh, one of the other songs that came on just had YouTube music in the background was uh, Crowded Houses Don't Dream It's Over. And those oh, are two particular yeah. songs that can bring me back to being, well, four years old, about the time when I saw this movie. And sometimes you can hear the, I don't know, the tone of the guitar or the vocals or something, or in a movie, a scene that you you can, it transports you back. And this movie had a few of those, even as silly as I was like, what the hell is a kid doing on the bus in Chicago who's that <laughs> young? And I'm, I'm yelling like, this doll at no point has to stay there. He can just leave at any point to go find his accomplice. This is stupid. And then I'm sucked back in. So I was kind of doing this weird back and forth. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I it's this movie's uh, notorious for some excellent reasons. And Duncan, you worded it well when you said this should be cheesy, mm. but it honestly isn't. Uh, not at this point, anyway. Not 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 at this point in the franchise. Um, I think if I were a more cynical gentleman, uh, I, I don't know that this would have held up for me completely. But I'm happy to say that I had a lot of fun with this. And yeah, like Jamie said, it's not scary. Not anymore. I'm not for you know, but. Good God, is the, there's a reason this is uh, iconic, and I can I can see why, and I, I'm super glad it, th this movie made it on onto this year. Nice. And final thoughts on the movie to David Garrett Jr. Yeah, I mean, I fall into that whole thing where I watched the first two sequels ahead of seeing this one, mm -hmm. so it's kind of weird coming back, especially with the third one where they you know lean more into the comedy with that one, but. I still just think that this one does do a great job at balancing the whole, like, Chucky just being so mean-spirited. I mean, not as mean-spirited as, like, the first sequel, but I actually like watching this one under, like, the whole premise that, like, it could actually be Andy, but then not leaning into that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I'm with Jamie here. It's so heartbreaking seeing this poor kid just being taken away from his mother, not knowing that... You know he's being blamed for all these things as he knows that it's his his doll that's doing that but he also loves the doll because it's a gift that he's wanted so much and everything like that and i mean yeah i, I could keep echoing the like implausibility i would actually lean into if i saw a doll come to life and come after me that might terrify me enough just to stand there <laughs> like some of these people and be like what 
where I might end up getting killed in the whole process because, I mean, <laughs> you know, being a horror movie fan like I am, I probably would die super early if something crazy like that does happen. Yeah, I like the, that you admit that, David. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's, the, yeah, it's the, like people that say stuff like that. It's the cinema, is like the cinematic equivalent, right? The, those conversations of like you being in the shower and then thinking of a great comeback to someone that said something <laughs> earlier on. I should have said that. Everyone would have been with me. Is that sort of thing? It's like, well, yeah, of course, of course, you're seeing that not face with the scenario now yes of course you right. kick the doll oh 100 percent. but you don't know how you would act right yeah especially that little vicious bastard so yeah i'm <laughs> exactly. with you on this one david i'm with you so i'm definitely glad that this is you know here so we could discuss it for sure nice well <laughs> let's take a change of pace let's get dirty y'all uh let's do some <laughs> hellbound hellraiser 2 directed by tony randall based on the screenplay by peter atkins and the story which was originally written by clive barker synopsis for this one is kirsty is brought to an institution after the horrible events in hellraiser where the occult obsessive head doctor <laughs> resurrects julia and unleashes the cenobites and their and their demonic underworld. This movie stars Doug Bradley, Angela Lawrence, Claire Higgins, Kenneth Cranham, Imogen Burman, Sean Chapman, William Hope, Barbara Wilde, uh, Simon Bamford, and Nicholas Vance. Uh, or Vince. Uh, some of the trivia here. Uh, Oliver Smith, who plays skinless Frank in the original due to his skinny frame allowing body makeup to be realistic, reprised his role along with two extra roles as Browning's the mental patient with the delusional uh, parasitosis and the skinless figure Kirsty sees in the hospital who writes in blood, one of my favourite lines, uh, I'm in hell, help me. Uh, which is how I feel when I'm at a family event. Don't tell them. Um, the word Cenobite means a member of a monastic order. The horn sound that is continually made by Leviathan is Morse code for God, which I did not know until I read this and then that made me happy. Uh, New World Pictures greenlit the sequel while the first film was in post-production because they knew, they knew they had something great. Clyde Barker had developed elaborate backstories for the Cenobites in the first film, though their origins were never really explored. In this film, he wanted to make sure that, at the very least, the audience understood that the Cenobites were once human, and that their own vices led to their becoming demons. This element was meant to underline the story of Frank, played by Oliver Smith, and Julia, played by Claire Higgins, and their corruption by lust with the latter intended to become the ultimate villain in the series. Pinhead, however, proved much more popular with audiences and thus became the centre point in further sequels. So there is an alternative timeline out there where Julia is actually the like the recurring character in movies beyond this, which I'm still cool with. <laughs> like, I am still cool with. She's fucking gnarly as fuck in this movie. Um, let's go to... Let's start with Jamie for this one. Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. I have always been impressed with how solid a sequel this mm -hmm. is. This is one of those instances where a sequel to a film really does, I think, live up to the original. Uh, uh, we mentioned Ebert in the last episode. <laughs> we were just a couple of days ago watching some Siskel and Ebert stuff. We do that sometimes because I just I like to hurt myself. But <laughs> uh, we were watching Siskel and Ebert talk about '80s horror movies, and uh, and he just was <laughs> just the just the bullshit that they gave Hellraiser. I'm just like, yeah. oh, just stop it. Um, but it is, I think, uh, Hellraiser, I think, is an important film. Mm -hmm. And this one is a very solid follow-up to that film. I don't know if I think it's necessarily important. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't think that it really has the same impact that maybe another movie we've talked about does but Ooh, i do think cards being put down on the table here i think they may be. i haven't said anything <laughs> me. i ain't said shit me <laughs> i uh but i do i do really like it and i think that the uh the little swerve that we get at the end mm. is one that 
even though I've seen the movie numerous times and I know what's going to happen, the moment when the slim, the slim, the skin slips off, mm -hmm. and you know it's, we see who we're actually dealing with. I love that moment. I just think it's now did she have time to do all that <laughs> not really you know but it's still a really fun moment and there and there's just there is a lot going on here that i like and honestly it kind of feels like it the first one just sort of bleeds into it like it just yes. feels like an extension of the original film and i think if you can do a sequel successfully and do that then um, that you're already a little bit ahead of the game so there's a people will watch it, especially if they watch them back to back and they just feel like they're still watching the first film. So I, I think that that works really well. I just, and I, so I have no issues with this film at all. I have no complaints. I really do love it. I just the only thing that might make me struggle is just looking at the importance of each mm -hmm. film. And as far as the history of horror is concerned. Interesting. Um, I'm like I am down to clown on Hellraiser too. Hellraiser, like I love Hellraiser. <laughs> like, like, and I'm not ashamed to say that. I'd like I genuinely love Hellraiser, and uh, very much like what Jamie said. Like to me, like if I'm doing a night where I'm watching Hellraiser, Hellraiser Two is getting played right after it. That's how I roll on them. That they just come as a package. The thing I love about Hellraiser to the most is the evolution of the Julia character. Um, that's what like I know a lot of people are like. Well, no, it's like we're following Ashley Lawrence's character. We're following Kirsty. You know, we're following her journey through. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of I agree. That's a cool journey to follow. But you know what's also cool? You know what's also kind of badass? I'm following Julia uh, because we're following her as the despondent, you know, wife that's been dragged by her husband to kind of. She, she, she's not hot and horny for her anymore. Back to like a, a horrible house um, from what must be some sort of fancy metropolitan life that she'd been having before to live in a dingy place, uh, you know, haunted by the memories of where she once fucked his brother. Um, and then like, like the slow, like, and what would appear not that much arm twisting descent into murder and lust and then in this movie, she well, as soon as she's resurrected, I'm like, oh, she is just horny for death, and I'm I'm kind of down with that. She's like we get to see her really flex her character acting chops, and she's fucking brilliant in this one. That being said, and she's just surrounded by so many great elements in this one. I love that, like the like Clive Barker didn't direct this one, and yeah, he helped write it, but the screenplay is done by Peter Atkins. But there are so many moments in this that feel like elements of Clive Barker, the the mental patient who's like like scraping and cutting away his arms, feels like an element from Clive Barker. We would see elements not that dissimilar in Nightbreed, which comes a few years later. It's you know, like it, it, it inhabits that world, so it doesn't feel like like Barker's kind of washed his hands from it, which is an important detail if you're going to have a movie that's set right after the first one. There needs to be that continuity, and surprisingly, that's done well. You know, it, like, it hangs in a way that it probably shouldn't, even given its close proximity. This is a different director's voice on this one, and Clive Barker has a distinct directorial voice, so I think that's a credit to it here as well. I love the world building. I love the concept of Leviathan and the world that we end up in. I love seeing the inevitable end of Frank um, as well. Like this is this is what he was trying to escape. Like in the first movie, we see him desperately trying to get away from what the Cenobites had done to him, and we can't quite parse out what it is. It's left our imagination, and we see the trapped hell world that he is in. And I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd like persuade a bitch to kill someone to get out of that as well. You know, I I, I get it. I see it. And I understand it. I think it's done really well. The fact that we get like the the doc, the crazy doc, and him becoming a this is like the 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 biggest misstep in this movie is the fact that we need to add more Cenobites, which is basically what the franchise then will continue to do beyond this point. I you know, I don't think we need it. I do love the the, the conversion of the the Doctor to Leviathan in this though. I think that's really fucking cool. Um, but like I say, I think it like, needlessly it becomes the, well, we need to do this in every movie. Uh, I don't know if we do. I think it's, it's maybe lessons because of that. I like a bit of 
like a, a bit more time with Doug Bradley. He's a really good actor, and we get to see more strings in the bow of per his performance of Pinhead. It doesn't surprise me that became the popular character. It was all over the VHS covers. So come on, what are we doing here, guys? Um, like that's where you were going. Market it differently. Um, so uh, Pinhead that. is one of my horror daddies. He did, yeah, he's like he. I I just think he's sexy as hell. Like, oh, yes. yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm way on that one. The first time I saw Hellraiser, like I knew instantly I was watching an adult horror movie. Like I was like, this didn't oh, feel, yeah. this yeah. did not feel like anything I've watched before. It didn't feel like Maniac Cop. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Um, this feels naughty. Um, but yeah, like it's it just like he's a great actor. His performances are brilliant. I also like like and dislike the fact that we clean the slate of the the Cenobites as well. We've got a brand new kid on the block, and he's a modern day. Cenobites and he's just like more powerful and more gnarly and I also like the idea that the people the actual creation of Cenobites themselves feel like they're stuck in time the time when they were created I, I love that small little detail and they never flesh it out nor do they have to uh, the scorer is once again bitching in this movie and it yeah it ends with the obvious wink we're gonna have a sequel but I mean until I watched that sequel I was fine <laughs> leaving on that note not knowing that we're gonna get CD Cenobite it was a cool position to be in um, yeah Hellraiser 2 is a fucking great sequel like one of those ones that once again shouldn't work like this should be uh, like and it is kind of a repeat of the first movie in a lot of respects but the level of world building should topple this over into the realms of ridicule and it doesn't it holds together surprisingly strong and it's a movie that I've revisited many, many times because of. I have he also heard the arguments for, you know, Hellraiser 2 is better than Hellraiser. I don't know if I'm there. Like, Hellraiser is a unique horror movie. Hellraiser 2 builds on that uniqueness. So, um, I think... I agree with that. Yeah, I think, like, like you can see the change in the landscape post-Hellraiser. Uh, including this movie here. So yeah, I, I, I think this is fucking great. So I'm very glad that we're discussing it here. Um, I won't do the thing I want to do, but I'm not going to, I'm going to save it to the, the, the end. But it's worth noting Hellraiser did make it through. So I'm not wanting to sway decisions here, but Hellraiser did make it through in the year that it was up for contention. So uh, let's, let's bring the conversation round to our final two. David Garrett Jr., the floor is yours. Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. Just kind of play off of what's already been said here is that I think what makes this sequel so great is, like you said, the world building. I love how we're getting to learn more about, like, this version of Hell. Hmm. And I think it also is kind of interesting with, like, Leviathan where there are people or there's, like, these Cenobites that are vying for more power here. So you kind of are just building this mythology, which like we've already said, Clive Barker just does a great job in his writing of doing things like this, just developing these deeper backstories. And I mean, the whole Julia thing, like we know her as the villain in the, in the first one where she's, you know, leading everybody up there and everything, but then seeing like more of that developed and then kind of what happens in the end with her, I, I'm there for it. And I mean, I agree. I think this one just, I don't think it's necessarily better either, but I like that it does just seem to flow so naturally and just continuing to deepen everything that the first one did. So, I mean, another one that I've, I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw like three before seeing this one just with what was on the movie channels and everything, mm -hmm. but I do have a lot of time for this sequel still. Thoughts on Cenobite CD, dude? Uh. <laughs> at the time that i first watched it loved it when Rad. you start to kind of think about it as an adult you're like uh, i see what we're doing here but it's a little cheesy guys yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I, love, <laughs> I love you for that uh what's some final thoughts on hellbound hellraiser 2 you know so i'm not saying that i would lie in the nude on that mattress but <laughs> i'm not saying that i wouldn't i, I don't know i, I I dig the look of it. It has a good look. Uh, uh, look, it looks like uh, yeah, Johnny Depp exploded out of that thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I know what I love so much about Hellraiser is that in a time when the horror genre had been given over to the teenagers, uh, that movie dared to embrace an atmosphere of maturity, mm -hmm. and this sequel does the same. It, it keeps in that tradition. I've I've actually really come to appreciate this movie recently. Uh, you ever watch a movie that you know is good? but just one single thing pisses you off and, yep. and ruins it. Mm -hmm. Well, it, back in the day, I always thought the Cenobites went out like a bunch of bitch 
use in that final act. I I just I don't know. It just it just oh pissed me off. I I didn't like that some new son of a bitch comes out and takes them all out like it ain't no thing. And I I really did allow that to destroy my experience with this movie. And I, I just I I, I, would, I regret that. I understand now that this dude was jacked straight into Leviathan, so mm-hmm. he was juiced up. I, I get that now. I can hang with it. All that said, I'll tell you. Uh, once I reconciled that fact and these things with myself the last time I watched this about like a year ago, uh, it was like this movie opened itself up to me as the sort of the lofty art house horror film that it truly is. Uh, I love how hell is represented here with this giant floating polygon, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) being the ultimate evil or what have you. The gore here is tremendous. And uh, yeah, like Julia and and Kirstie's an underrated final girl. I've always really liked her. And I think this, uh, I think I like this. I like this movie more than ever. This was this last viewing the other uh, week was my probably my favorite viewing of this film ever. And our buddy uh, Abraham Ram prefers this movie over the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not there yet, but I get it now. I, I see it, and uh, I can hang with it. I'm I'm cool. So yeah, um, it, it, this I'm I'm very glad that this movie is uh, representing 1988 here. All right. Huh. Interesting. I like how we're all kind of we've all put we're all being kind of coy here. Maybe Jamie less coy, <laughs> but we're all being kind of coy here. Um, so let's get down to it. There's only one space. There's two movies here. Uh, the movie needs to reach um, four to go through. There's no fuckery here at all. Um, let me let's start by bringing in where we are with uh, our buddy JP. JP has Child's Plays his number one pick with Hellraiser. 2. I knew it as a second so we have one for child's play we are going to go david next david what are you thinking and that ain't no easy decision here but this is what happens when you ask to be involved with the summer series uh you have to make a decision so where do you where are you coming in that's definitely true i would actually go with child's play as well two for child's play mr watson you are next so may i ask you all a question um I, you know, it, it, it uh, always um, intrigues me how we choose the movies mm. because let's just say, oh, oh, I don't know, maybe in 2008, there's a similar situation where there might be a movie some people <laughs> like, uh, but then there's one that is infinitely more, maybe not infinitely in this case, but definitely in 2008, more important to the community and Ooh. to horror history uh, as a whole, like, yep. and that's and especially with regards to 2008, you can't argue that that's the oh, case. Oh, so you're uh, not but, talking about the strangers? Okay, I am absolutely <laughs> talking about it because the one you guys want is not important at all. But anyways, so um, but actually, hold on, we'll we'll get there. But the, this one is the case where I definitely, I, I it's not even a a choice for me here, or, or it's a hard decision. I prefer Hellraiser two by mm-hmm. quite a lot, but I understand that Child's Play is is what it is and it's like uh, do i set myself aside and put it you know put it forward for the year because that's gonna look damn good on a list yeah um and it's like i it's kind of like where i don't know quite what to do because i mean it child's play is the more important film of the two but uh, i i guess uh, i i want to put that out there no hate on child's play but i I'll give you a little bit of like, I, I think ultimately, I think those things become more important in the conversation where the integers between your feelings on the two films are a lot closer. Sure. No, and that that is fair uh, because so, th- then the clear choice is Hellraiser two for yeah. me. Then that's where my vote will go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you raise a good point because you know it's it at that point you know it, it's definitely up to the current you know the lineup of hosts that you get. Yep. You know, it could have been a bunch of uh hell you know Hellraiser stands here, a bunch of Child's Play stands. I, I'm not sure how it's all gonna go, but it really is up to that lineup. And uh, so yes, I just did want to say that while you know I'm going against the grain, I do acknowledge that Child's Play is what it is and i'm very glad that it is what it is so put that out there yeah this is a series that's already put through some what other people would consider baffling choices you know like i don't know i always mention 79 because it's the one that springs to mind where we put (laughs) tourist trap through over the brood and phantasm and that list goes goes on and on Uh, well that's we were like, we, Duncan, loved, that's the... we love this movie. So that is not what we're here to do is put you know, through what we think are the movies that we love see, to represent this year. So, And that's the problem. And this this is the one thing. It's like, you know, let's say this weren't something as good as Hellraiser 2 and I like it more than Child's Play. It's yeah. like, do I let my preferences hijack 
the iconic thing that would look so good on that list and it's like I, so yeah that's that's just the dilemma here when you're it's, when you're yeah, talking these things you know it's, it's never easy we'll find out if jamie is suffering with the same dilemma she kind of hinted earlier on but was that hint a bluff it could be jamie where are you coming in we have two currently for child's play one for hellraiser two hellbound heart child's play all right so we now have Two for Child's Play, three for Child's Play, uh, three for Child's Play, and we have uh, one for Hellraiser 2, the Hellbound Heart. There's two votes to me, um, so it all sits with me, and I am going to... See, I was going to go Hellraiser 2. <laughs> <laughs> With both my votes, but that brings things to stalemate. Uh, yes, it does. Which I don't want because I feel it's going to be uh, very difficult to talk JP round, who's not here. Uh, <laughs> Jamie and um, both David were fairly resolute with their selection. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give one of my votes to Hellraiser 2, Hellbound Heart, giving it a respectable 2, and my other vote to Child's Play, because I'm two people, and I can do that. Uh, putting Child's Play... I'm not mad at that, man. Yeah, putting Child's Play to... I mean, let's be... I'm with you on this one, Watson. To me, Hellraiser 2 is a better film, but Child's Play looks good in that list. You oh, know yeah. I mean? I, I'm with looks. it. I, I, I fuck with this. This is, this is fine, yeah. yeah. So there we go. Ladies and gents are representing the year 1988. Oh, it is Child's Play it is making its way finally there. Some people would say a bit late to the party. I would say shut your fucking mouth. Um, it's joining the blob and Pumpkinhead. Uh, interestingly enough, I would have had Hellraiser. I would have had Hellraiser 2 above Pumpkinhead as well. Uh, the Blob is easily the best movie of that year. I mean, that's, oh yeah, what we're doing yep. here. What we're doing here, um, ladies and gents. That's another one down. That was relatively easy again. Somehow, and we're going to have to ask this question when we get to this episode. The next year we're discussing has a lot of movies on it. Let's let's slam this one to bed quickly. We're taking a final break of this episode. When we come back, we are discussing what we've done. And you know what we've done. Um, and closing out the show right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. been listening to the podcast under the stairs ladies and gents this has been your summer series episode on episode 394 we just rolled right through 1988 universally and collectively putting forward to the main stage a little movie called child's play child's play going forward as our third seeded pick along with a little movie called Pumpkinhead and one called The Blob represent this year on that grand stage of Thunderdome. A big thanks to my guests for recording this episode. Ton of fun as always. And you've got two more episodes of these folks still to come. So yeah, you're spoiled this week and you might as well just sit back and enjoy it for every moment of golden entertainment that it showers on you. Now, right, I know, I said golden showers. Now, let's see what you guys made on the Facebook group page. Did we get it right in your eyes? I posted the poll this morning saying which one, Hellraiser 2 or Child's Play? And you did, but it was very close, as you can imagine. 58% voting for Child's Play, 42% for Hellraiser 2. So there we go, we're back in sync, ladies and gents, back in sync. There's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs. Wherever listeners right now hit subscribe, that way you get the shows as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalog of Teapot's content. Do not stop there. Subscribe to our sister feed, the Teapots Collective, and over there you get shows like Where to Begin With, Opera Omnia, Doing the Nasty and Chronicle. Subscribing to the Teapots Collective and Podcasts Under the Stairs feeds is the best way to support what I do under the stairs. If you hate podcatchers and you just want to go somewhere and get everything at the touch of one button, then that is tputzcast.com. That's our website. Links to everything I do is on that website, as well as all the archives of all the 
various podcasts as well. There's also a secret little surprise, another podcast called Jaws' Shite and Other Regrettable Outbursts. It's a booze-based banter entertainment podcast featuring myself, The Baz, and Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs. Evil. There's about 10 episodes in the back catalogue there. We only do them quarterly, and we have one that should have recorded last month that I think we'll be recording within the next month. And I'm very excited to bring it back because we went through a whole hell of a lot of life since then and that just makes those drunken rambles and shambles a lot more rambly and shambly. So there we go. Jaws is shite and other regrettable outbursts exclusively available on tputzcast.com. If you're on Facebook and you want to interact with me, get involved with the polls that we're posting for summer series, the polls that'll be posting for Shudder and Go, just generally chat about horror, post movie trailers, posters or conversational topics, then that's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast. The Teapots Collective has a Facebook page which is where I post links to every single show I do and all my guest appearances. That's facebook.com forward slash cast. And lastly, if you like your internet weird and who doesn't like their internet a little bit weird, you should check out the Jaws is Shite Facebook group page on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash a regrettable pod. If you hate Facebook and you still want to interact with myself and the Baz, you can do it on the twin prongs of social media sexness. Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at TeaputsCast. The podcast under the stairs returns for you tomorrow, my dear, dear, dear friends. When we return into your feeds tomorrow, we are bringing you 1998 in the summer series. So strap yourselves in, get yourself ready, and that episode will be winging its way to you tomorrow. So until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and what you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs, and I am signing off.